morning, guys. It's so good to see all of your faces. Just want to look around the room. Ryan introduced me. My name's Nisha Lene Skilperort. I never say my last name, but thought I should. For the record, I do have a last name. You, some of you thought I just swore when I said it, but it really is my last name, I promise. If you can say it correctly the first time reading it, I will give you $20. Um, I'm just so honored to be here with you guys. I get the joy and privilege of leading worship and leading our teams and connecting with some of our young adults, but it's such a rare privilege to get to just be here in this moment and share with people that I love. I grew up in the church. I was profoundly and powerfully touched by being a part of church community and this kind of family expression um, when I was really young, and it has changed and healed my life. And I'm excited today to just like crack open a little bit of that with you. I love the body of Christ. Last week, Andy did such a good job talking about the body. Woo, Andy! He can't hear us. He's with the middle schoolers, but love him so much. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without Andy. He is one of the most incredible people. He is what makes this work, honestly. And like he said last week, we need people like him. We need people like you, every single one of us, the body working together for us to be able to experience the fullness of God's heart. So I'm excited to share with you guys today. Um, I wore my jet fuel outfit because we're going to go on a ride. Just kidding. Um, Ryan calls it my jet fuel outfit, and I always roll my eyes at him. It's a romper, okay? All right, let's pray before this gets crazy. Jesus, help me and help all of us. Oh, Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you're here, that your presence is already ministering. Open our hearts, stir us, convict us, so that our minds and bodies can also change. Jesus, give us your perspective on your heart about family. We know at a time like this and the holidays at Christmas time, it's such a tender word to use, family. And I pray that today we would get a deeper revelation and understanding of your heart for family. Not just our original family of origin, but this unity, this unified body of Christ family. Yeah, and I just pray that people's hearts, any places where we just need more healing or we need an upgrade or we need a new perspective, would you do that, Lord? We love you so much. Thank you for being here. And please fix anything that I say, God. That wasn't great. Amen. (laughs) Um, So I want to talk about one of my favorite F words, family. The the word, family. Um, I know for a lot of us, this carries weight at this time of year. So if you guys are okay with me, we're going to just dive in. We don't have a ton of time. So I'd love to just go straight to the heart. But... Well, I know for me, when I look back over my life and seasons of my life, I spent years and years actually chasing, pursuing, searching for what is family, what truly is this word family that we throw around in church a lot, right? I know in settings I've been in in church for years, we always are like, we're family. And we love to say that here because it, we authentically mean it. <laughs> we're not just trying to be like throwing out this expectation we can never fulfill, However, a lot of us have experienced the negative sides of family. So when we hear that word, there's actually a bristling that happens in our hearts and it can almost be a turnoff for us. And so today I just want to unpack a little bit of what 
we mean when we say family. And when I'm using the word family, I'm not talking about your family of origin, your parents. I'm talking about like in the body of Christ, when we use this word, like we're family, we're connected. Family is meant to be the safe place where you can be exactly who you were created to be, where you know that you're loved no matter what. It's the jumping off point. It's the easy place. A lot of us in this room, we didn't experience family like that. So when we talk about it, we're like, what what are we saying here? So we're going to get into a little bit more of that. But the heart of family is to be a place where every individual gets to grow up in their truest self. I told you that I've been searching um, most of my life for the true expression of the heart of God for family. Um, it's a search that took me all over. Uh, I grew up with four si- or three siblings, and then like my mom would randomly add people to her dinner table, so it was usually more like six or eight siblings. And then when I was 18, I actually moved to Australia to pursue just, God, what does your heart for me look like? And I ended up living in a room with 12 girls at like a campus with like 100 other people. Fast forward, I lived in Redding, California for years. I was a part of the ministry school there and I got to be a part of um, managing a girl's house. We had roommates coming in and out. So lots of community living there. I was part of the staff for a season and worship doing community gatherings, events, people for years, so about six years. And then at one point, um, the Lord invited me to move to North Carolina and do a year of healing and just recalibrate my heart in places I'd gotten really tired. And I moved to the woods of North Carolina and did a discipleship school with uh, Jonathan and Melissa Helser. Lived with about 60 other people in community. So you guys are getting the trend, right? Um, basically, yes, you're wondering, I did get my degree in just discipleship schools. <laughs> Went to every single one of them. <laughs> Loved it. It was all amazing. Um, and since then, you know, moved to Medford to start a community. Since then, have lived in about three other community houses with people. And I say all this not to be like, check, I know what I'm talking about, guys. I just share that with you to say the context of my life is family. The context of my life is opening my heart and world, sitting on hundreds of friends' couches at dinner tables, breaking open my life with people who aren't my actual family of origin. And so this is stuff that I'm so passionate about. The thing that has marked me the most is this experience that doesn't just come from people in this room or from people that we gather with, but it's an internal reality. And that's really what I want to talk to you guys about today. So if you guys will open your Bibles to Romans 8. Romans 8, 14 through 17. This was one of my favorite verses in the Bible. In my old Bible, it was like almost falling out. I had it like underlined. I remember reading this maybe when I was 18 and I just felt the Holy Spirit like leap off the page and my heart just like burning in me. So let's read this together. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. 
For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Such a stunning passage. You did not receive a spirit of fear, but a spirit of adoption. And that spirit in us testifies that we can call God the most intimate name. There's so many names for God. We know this, right? He's the majestic, the wonderful counselor, almighty God, omnipotent. But Jesus summed up every name of God in one name. And it was Abba, which in Aramaic is basically the most intimate word for a father you can use. So it was Daddy. I might cry in and out of this. So just thanks for being with me in that. We welcome tears. But it moves me. It's like Jesus came to personify God's heart to us. And he was like, this is who he is. He's daddy. It's like, he's safe, guys. He's actually safe. Yeah. All of us, when we read this passage, there's an invitation for the depths of belonging that we cry out for to be met. You guys know that what I'm talking about? We all crave belonging. Yes? It's like something inherent that is put into our DNA. I love Brene Brown. She's a psychologist and researcher, and she's done a ton of work on belonging. And one thing she says, when it comes to a sense of belonging, even if we don't get that from mom and dad, we have to create it for ourselves as adults. Or we will always feel as if we're outside, standing outside. Let me read that again. If we don't cultivate that for ourselves, we will always feel as if we're standing outside of the big human party. The truth is, this is her quote, belonging starts with self-acceptance. Your level of belonging, in fact, can never be greater than your level of self-acceptance because believing that you're enough is what gives you the courage to be authentic, vulnerable, and imperfect. When we don't have that, we shapeshift and turn into chameleons. We hustle for worthiness that we already possess. I definitely can relate to that. Hustling for worthiness. Many seasons of my life, many moments. We all long for this kind of belonging. There's an ache in us somewhere. Some of us have maybe muted that ache, but it's there. We long for spiritual parents, for best friends, for a soulmate, for a spouse, for children. We long to be part of something bigger than ourselves, right? And I know that I'm not alone in this. I came from a broken home, and that was a desire that fueled a lot of my pursuit of Jesus, was looking for that belonging to be filled. And unfortunately, so many of us in this room have experienced brokenness in the experience of family. We come from broken homes, broken marriages, maybe the foster system. Maybe we are orphans ourselves. We've grown up not knowing our birth parents, or we're estranged from them in some way, or they just... We're people who made mistakes, too. 
can, even those who have had amazing families can testify there's still a desire that we have deep in us, even with great parents, that our parents can never fulfill, right? Even those of us with amazing families can say there's this longing for a belonging and a connection that's greater. So the purpose of family, like I said, is that safe place where you can let your guard down to be completely yourself, where every individual is encouraged to thrive, right? From this place, you can let down, be, receive, you can risk, you can fail, you can try again, you can create wonderful things. I wrote a couple things down, what it means to really belong to a family. You're seated at a table, you're surrounded, you have a place. You're fed, you're clothed, you're provided for. Pause really quick. As I read these, just even imagine, like, if what if... What if this was what we were invited to spiritually with our Father God, that the spirit of adoption, if the spirit of adoption is inviting us into a deep revelation of family that comes from the inside, what would this look like with the Lord? Where we know we're loved and we're developed in our dreams and our destiny, where we're given full access to my dad's refrigerator and everything he owns, (laughs) or safe to try and make mistakes, where we're disciplined and counseled, given wisdom, we're empowered to thrive and create out of a foundation of love. That is first a reality with the Lord. And from that, there's an invitation for that same type of family here in the body of Christ. This is where the church becomes this beautiful container. This beautiful container to heal us. It's not to replace our families of origin, actually. I know some of you are like, but Ryan and Kate are my new parents. Now I don't ever have to talk to my mom and dad. <laughs> Sorry, that's not, that's not the way of Jesus. You might get super loved on by them and some other people, but then you're still going to face those conversations with your parents and bring that love with you, right? So I love this um, this image as I was writing this down. The Lord kind of gave me this picture of family within the body of Christ being scaffolding. And if you've ever seen a new build on a house or like a rebuild or a renovation happening on an old house, they put up scaffolding, right? And it's there, it's a structure that's temporarily in place in order to help the long-term build happen, right? And I love that family in the context of the body of Christ gets to be that scaffolding, helping hold us up while the master architect renovates and rebuilds our home from the inside out. And I once heard from a sociologist, um, speaking of just the concept of family and the form of family, that mothers bestow safety and security, fathers bestow identity and destiny. We get safety, security, identity, and destiny from the parenting of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will even bring people around you to be mother and father types. They might have one of those things that you're learning from, you're gleaning from. And let me just say, like, it might come in a really 
unexpected way. This person might be younger than you. They might be, you know, they might not be what you expect a mother or father to look like, but the Holy Spirit can mother and father us through any means he wants to, if our hearts are open. And this tying back to what Andy said last week is so important when all the parts of the body are connected and when we don't demean each other, but we actually see each other with the true value that he sees us with, then all the parts of the body are connected. And when all the parts of the body are connected, the blood flows freely. There's a lot in that statement that you can unpack, but I'm not going to for time's sake. And what, God, what has been broken in a relationship, God will actually use relationship to heal, right? We talk about that so much here. Our heart at Living Waters is that the church, our experience of church, which is so much more than this room, it's your community groups, it's your dinner tables, it's your workplaces, it's your clubs, your friends, those people, your experience of the body of Christ would be a place where we bind up the brokenhearted. It's the truest expression of Jesus' heart. That we'd make room at our tables for people and be a part of each other's healing. Like Drew talked about a few weeks ago with hospitality. My life has been completely changed, you guys, because people open their homes to me and let me sit at their dinner tables. There's a lot of you in this room that have done that. Thank you. I want to just speak for a minute to those of us that might feel a little allergic to the word family. <laughs> and I just want to say, like, you're not alone. And we see you. And this is a totally safe place for you. Maybe some of us that have experienced family in a painful way have coped oppositely by shutting down our need for belonging. Or maybe we hide, we've become avoidant to our need for people, we shut down, we elude intimacy or vulnerability. If this is you, I love you, consider yourself called out. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm teasing, I'm not going to like call you out for real. But the Holy Spirit is calling to you from within because he wants to make safety so real for you that you can open your heart to the people around you and let them come in. It doesn't need to look like, well, I've been storing all this up for 20 years, so Nisha said, so I'm going to go and I'm going to unload my whole life on someone. And now, look, I was vulnerable and I'm seen and known. I'm like, yes, but that one time to bear it all isn't going to do the healing. What does the healing is consistent moments of building trust with the people around you, letting them see a little more, a little more, sharing your heart more, going deeper and deeper. It takes time. It takes trust. Bringing people into your process is weighty and it's terrifying. Like I have sat in many there's like three people in this room I can think of that I've sat at their table or their couches and I've like shook and been like, I need to talk to you about something. <laughs> Not like confessing sin, but like this is how I feel about what's going on right now. And I actually need to let light in. I want to say to you that it's time to be seen and known in family. Wounds can only heal with oxygen. Shadows are erased by the light being seen and known might be the scariest thing you've ever done, but it's so worth it.
as we're talking about this healing miracle that the body of Christ can be, I want to say like it starts inside of us and it starts with a willingness to step out and reach out outside of us. We can't expect the church to be all these things in this moment, right? Because we are the church. We're the ones making it the way it is. So when people are like, oh, the church is so law, I'm like, well, yeah, we're the ones making it that way. <laughs> like, let's take some responsibility and actually change it, yeah? Let's be the first one to say, I am the church. I am a part of this body. I am going to therefore live differently. I want to read Romans 8 again, if um, Lucas doesn't mind putting up the other translation. This is the Passion Translation. I know it's controversial, but I love it because I think it puts, it's a synopsis, it's a paraphrase that puts into language that I feel like embellishes this understanding of adoption that will help us, I believe. This is the passion. So the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough, but you've received the spirit of full acceptance and folding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned for as he rises up within you, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father for the Holy spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. As he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. There's an experience of being loved beyond imagination, you guys. That is possible for every single one of us in this room. And if you've never experienced that love welling up from deep in your own spirit, I'm praying for that to start, for you to experience that right now. And as I keep sharing that that experience of love, the Holy Spirit would just resonate it in you. And you would hear the Holy Spirit whispering, you are my beloved child. There's nothing you can do to change that. This kind of love comes first. I'm getting a call. I don't know if you guys heard that. The phone was ringing. It's Jesus. (laughs) So when we rest in the spirit of adoption, we become magnets for family. We become magnets for healthy relationships. When you are powerful, you attract powerful people. I've experienced this in my own life. I know that when I began to root down in this adoption for the first time in my life, I started attracting mothers and fathers. It's a reality of the kingdom that whatever you believe, you manifest and you magnetize. People who live like daughters and sons attract fathers and mothers. And I'm saying this, and I, I don't want you to hear any shame in this. If you're like, man, I've never had mothers and fathers in my life. I'm, this is not a condemnation to say, oh, well, you're not a son or daughter. This is an invitation to a deeper level of adoption for us. 
If you live isolated, proud, afraid of being seen or not showing your need, your weakness or your vulnerability, you can bet you won't have a lot of people surrounding and pouring into your life. You may still have some by the grace and kindness of God, but it will be hard to see them and receive from them. And just to share with you guys, for me, for years and years, I would say, honestly, for 15 years, I felt like I was a yo-yo catapulting between like my orphan tendencies and my daughterhood. It was like a constant experience. I would gain the courage and the self-love and my restedness and adoption to be able to like go up to a leader or to someone that I was afraid of and be like, hey, can we meet? And if they rejected me or were like, I'm so sorry, I don't have time. Or if there was some, if I just, if I recognized any little hint of rejection, my spirit would just be crushed. And I would feel the rejection, the unworthiness, despair, not being chosen, not being enough. And then sometimes my orphan tendencies would rear in a different way. Like when I would get favor from leaders and I'd be like, I'm so special. It's because I'm special and because I did it right. And that's also not true. (laughs) Thank you for laughing at that. Because all of you guys know that's human nature, right? I know I'm not the only one. In those years, especially in Reading, I was around a lot of talented and high-profile leaders. And they were very, very busy. And they had families. And they were doing a lot. And I feel like the Lord taught me this thing about tenacity and running after and asking for help. And seeking family. I'm so thankful for the lesson, honestly. If it had been so easy, I don't know if I would have grasped the treasure that it is. I spent years in rooms with powerful leaders like a little orphan girl. This still makes me cry. I spent years in rooms with powerful leaders like a little orphan girl with my nose pressed up looking through the window. So hungry for love. So starving for approval and affirmation. And I just... I feel the tenderness of that because I think that there's so many of us walking around in adult bodies but we're like little kids who just like really want to be seen and really want like the pastor to smile at us take the pressure off of them (laughs) there's a real experience of being seen by your father that no person can give you I was just starving for parenting God in his kindness allowed a lot of those people in my life to be these like, it was like um, they're the rudders on the bowling alley, the bumpers, that's the word. And it's like every time I'd reach out for someone else to fill that place, it's like good leaders in my life would kind of be like, close the door, boom, and it would push me back to the father. And I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm with you again. And then I'd like reach out for something else and then it would close and it would send me back to the Father. I'm not saying that Jesus shut down relationships in my life on purpose, but there was a beauty of like people weren't sticking for a long season. And I'm so thankful because it kept bringing me back. Who's my true Father? It's ironic because I I moved here to start a community and a discipleship school, but secretly God was just trying to like 
give me the family I'd always wanted. <laughs> and after it was funny because it was like around the time that I gave up, okay, this search for like what the body of Christ can look like in daily life, like I surrender it, Lord. And when I came to that place of just like, I'm just following you, Jesus. And if you fill my life with the people, amazing. But I'm not going to just spend my life looking for these relationships. I'm going to spend my life following you. And this is the crazy part, you guys. He's so good that he will often answer your deepest longings through a circuitous route that you never expected when you think you're just following him out of love and obedience. You follow in obedience to step into a promise, but on the way to the promise, he heals you. Just for you, Thomas Perkins. You follow in obedience to step into a promise, but on the way to the promise, he heals you. And I just want to say, like, that's so the context of everything we're talking about. And I want to dive into just a couple points of what family can look like. And if I can even just break off anything from my life and give it to you, if you're longing for a deeper experience of family, I'd love to share a few things. One of those for me was the simple reality of Luke eleven nine, 9, which is ask and you shall receive. Ask and don't stop asking. If you are wanting people in your life, if you're wanting mentorship in your life, if you're wanting brothers and sisters, keep asking. Also, if you are sensing a need in your life and you're looking around for someone in the body to fill it or you're like, and I'm not saying this because of our church. I am saying this because of years and years being a member of churches and pointing at leadership structures and being like, well, they should really do this. And if they did this, it'd be a little better, right? Come on, we all do that. But I would just say if, and Ryan says this all the time, if you see a need, like, and it's a need of yours, maybe you're the one that's actually meant to host that. And I know for me, I started these dinners because I had such a need for community. And it became this Friday night, every night before we would do worship, my team would come over and we'd eat dinner together and we'd connect. And those times were some of my favorite. Those are the people when I go back to writing that I still see. Those are the friends I still have. It's from those nights. So ask, don't stop asking, maybe create it yourself. And I want to say as a disclaimer, not a disclaimer, more like an aside. When someone is speaking their testimony from up here, it can often feel like it's a A plus B formula situation, right? So when I'm telling you things about my life and like what happened in my life, I want to say it's an invitation to be inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's not a formula, it's not an A plus B equals C. We all know that A plus B equals ab, <laughs> not C. <laughs> it drives me crazy when people say that. I'm like, do the math, put it together. Those words don't make C. So now that we all left, we're going to just dive into a couple things. 
I want to say to us as we're pursuing family, don't be easily deterred. When insecurity and unworthiness lead us, we're fragile and we can't handle rejection, right? Be resilient. But that comes from being connected to that spirit of adoption first. This is an imperfect family. It's going to fail you over and over and over. But it's also going to heal you over and over and over. One thing I learned from my roommate, Gabriel, that he quoted someone, insecurity poisons relationship. If I wasn't rooted, if we aren't rooted in our belonging in Jesus, we start believing all kinds of things about ourselves and other people and why they treat us the way they do. Someone didn't have time for me, so we're thinking, why, why are they thinking that? Oh, they're probably feeling this way about me. And we create these whole stories, right? And they're not reality. This is where the spirit of adoption is so powerful, you guys. It literally gives us the courage to know that our worth is not dependent on an outside source. It's, our worth's already set. It's an inside job. And that allows us then to give grace to people who can't always meet our expectations. So here's a, my list of when the family in church breaks down, when the scaffolding rusts and falls apart. And I want to say, these are nuances of maturity. Don't hear what I'm not saying. <laughs> As Ryan says, these are nuances. So some of I, this list that I wrote is because I have been, I have done every single one of these things. I have experienced this first. So I'm not calling you out for shame. So when it breaks down is when we subconsciously put our needs for approval and affirmation from our parents or family of origin onto powerful people or leaders around us. It's damaging to relationship. It breaks down, secondly, when we come to our church community with heavy expectations on people. This is any relationship. This could be like relationships in life, anywhere. These expectations do not allow for imperfect people. <laughs> expectations crush relationship because they're not always realistic. And sometimes we don't realize it, but it's our little inner child that's actually reaching out for something that no person can fill. This is a big one. When it breaks down is when we view anyone in authority through our orphandom elevating their friendship and approval. We view them as having the only resources that can fill our needs. And we honor and receive more from them than we do the body of Christ around us. The actual people we're closest to. Did it for years. It also breaks down when we expect people around us to adopt us or invite us in, like we talked about without expressing our needs or being willing to be the instigator or hosting that thing, right? It also breaks down when we inappropriately attach to people as spiritual parents or spiritual family. Pause. I'm not saying like if you have spiritual family or people you call spiritual parents that that's wrong, evil, whatever. I was taught to have spiritual parents, that that was like what I should do. But where it breaks down and gets weird is when we inappropriately attach to those spiritual family, right? And without the time and years it takes to build trust and authority and relationship with them. 
So we like are like, you're my new spiritual parents. Here's my whole life. Wow. And then they give us back feedback and stuff. And then there's weirdness there because they don't have the authority to speak into our lives like our parents do. That takes so much time. So just recognizing that this is going to take some time. It's also not God's heart that we replace our family of origin. And some of us have longed for that. We've longed to just enter a perfect family and know that there's lots of people in this room, that that would change everything. It would change everything in our whole life if you could just flip a switch and the entire experience of family was healed. But you guys, there's this beautiful reality that our families of origin actually get healed as we heal. They just do. And it's so important to stay connected to them. There's a whole other teaching on how to stay connected to them with boundaries and health that Drew will talk about later. (laughs) So when it comes to the family of God, please don't expect this family to be perfect or to be your actual mom, dad, sister, brother, but allow God to use them to stand in the gap for those places in your life without holding them to this role. And if you're a leader or mentor standing in the gap in someone else's family or life, I would really encourage you to acknowledge your imperfection with them and don't let your voice become more weighty than God's in their life. That's obviously on them to decide if they make your voice more weighty, but we as leaders can do a a better job at being like, I'm not the authority here. John, would you go ahead and just play some music? I'm, I just want to kind of like transition us into a time of receiving some things. And he's just going to play music quietly because I wanted the worship team to get to be part of this too. You can turn it down a little bit. I just want to give you guys some hard-learned wisdom. Don't make people your idols. Don't put anyone in your place of Father God. I have been there. And I will say in my own life, even with my own stepdad, I had him in a place for a while where like, I would run to him to ask him questions before I would ask God. And tragically, he's not in my life anymore. And yet what I've learned through that incredible loss is that there is a voice, there is a father in my life that no other voice can compare to. And I want that for each of you. The Holy Spirit wants that for each of you. I want to say quickly to a few of our hearts that we as orphans can sometimes be too afraid of discipline. We never had loving discipline, so every bit of feedback or review we receive can be interpreted as criticism or abuse, right? If you've been an orphan or if you've not had loving parenting, you we will actually just interpret every bit of criticism as like abusive 
hard. We don't take it as this is character building for me. This is actually because someone loves me. It takes the spirit of adoption rooting in our lives to help us to know we are loved beyond what we do. Therefore, we can receive the feedback and we're going to still be okay. We're still loved. So I just want to say to us, if you have someone who loves you enough to risk disconnection with you or is willing to bring up conflict with you, keep that person close because they probably really love you and they might be someone that the Lord's using a mother and father in your life. And I want to speak to another group of people. And this group, some of you have not been corrected or disciplined, but you've actually been spiritually abused. You've had somebody step into your life and be like, my word is equal to God's word. And if you disagree with me, then we break relationship. And I just want to say to you, I'm so sorry for the trauma, for the shame that you felt through other church expressions. And it's, yes, you might be quite sensitive for a while to correction. And that's actually okay. And that's appropriate. There's time and space for that. Some of you have had people misuse their authority in your life spiritually as control and manipulation. And I'm just, I'm so sorry. It's so valid to need time to learn to trust before you allow yourself to be seen and known. But please don't shut out the voices of love and wisdom in your life. Especially those closest to you that might have a great reflection. The more we come home, the more we can handle tough discipline. It's like when you see a kid um, get disciplined by one of their parents and they're like wailing one moment and the next moment they're totally wrestling with dad or snuggling, right? When we know we're that safe and loved, we can actually be disciplined in a healthy way. But we need the spirit of God to bring us home internally first. So I just want to pray for you. And I want to pray these words over you. That at this table of family, let's just close our eyes together. And imagine yourself at a table. This is the Holy Spirit's table that he's brought you to family. He's brought you to be surrounded and loved, to be known like never before. There's this incredible feast in front of you. And at this table, you have a seat. It's a unique and beautiful seat. It's marked by respect, honor, favor, and love. There are people seated around and near you that God is going to use to heal your experience of family. And it might be a journey. You might be yo-yoing through days of orphandom and days of knowing your adoption. But this is your spot right here. And no one can take it from you and no one else can fill it. And Jesus, I just pray that we would experience a deeper understanding in our beings of what you meant when you gave us the Holy Spirit, the spirit of adoption, that our hearts would be flooded from head to toe with an understanding and a knowledge that we're part of a family, that you would heal places in us that maybe have been long wounded from previous experiences of family. God, would you root us deep down in your love?
Thank you, Jesus. We're going to have a little bit of a response time now, and we're going to play a song. I was going to get my guitar and play a song over you because I wanted to be like Andy last week. (laughs) But he told me that I would break the game, so I wasn't going to do that. I'm just kidding. He already broke the game. I can't repeat that. So we're going to listen to a song. This is um, an incredible song. But I also want to give us just time to respond to this. There's going to be some prayer team around the room. They are wearing badges. I think we have Chuck and Lisa and then Ryan and Kate or Kate and then Pete are available I don't know if Drew or whoever, I'm not going to just make you do that. But if you are going to be a part of praying for people, maybe stand around the corners and the edges. Um, You can go to one of our team or someone with a badge on. And I just want to give time. If there is something in your heart that's stirring this morning that you're like, I want to experience the spirit of adoption. I didn't even realize how much of this I hadn't experienced in the church, in my own heart. I just want to say, you don't need to receive the Holy Spirit again. You already have the Holy Spirit, but you might want to just pray with someone and let that reality go a little deeper. They might have a word of encouragement over you as well. And then for others of you, there might be a group of you that just want to take communion and let this word sink in and ask the Lord like to come experience with you that spirit of adoption and just let the words of the song minister to you. And then a third group I feel like there were people in the room that you might have had someone else's voice in the space of Father God's voice. And you might need to do an exchange where someone else's words, and you can always tell because you will be very fearful of what that person thinks if you do something different. And I just feel like there's a few of us in the room that might need to just come back to the Lord and give that person to the Lord and ask the Father to just whisper his voice and take his place in your heart as the ultimate source and voice of your life again. Does that make sense? So yeah, if you want to get prayer in the back, you can, and there's communion available. But let's just let the Lord minister to us for a few minutes before we go. And you can turn that song on, John. John.